0: Hey everybody and welcome to Happiness Hacks. I'm John Davidson and in this episode I'm going to be talking about an invisible pattern of dysfunction that totally ruins families. I mean, do you ever get that feeling like the whole world is is just out to get you, that everybody's against you? Or maybe you get easily frustrated and you run out of patience with other people. Or maybe you find yourself running around, always trying to solve everybody else's problems for them. If you recognise any of these statements, then keep listening, because this episode is for you. So let's get started. Everybody Wants To Be Happy It's the one thing we all have in common. So why is it so difficult to achieve? I'm John Davidson. I'm a psychotherapist, and I've spent my entire life uncovering the secrets to human happiness. I believe it's possible to hack your happiness to live a richer, fuller, and more meaningful life. And in this podcast, I'm going to show you how. Welcome to Happiness Hacks. Would you believe it if I told you that research has found that 96% of families are dysfunctional? That's an outrageous statistic, isn't it? 96%. That's pretty much all of them. All families, 96% of families have some level of dysfunction in them. Now, dysfunction sounds like a bit of a scary word, but really what it means is it doesn't work on some level, you know, it's not functioning, it's not working uh, the way it could or it should. And the reason tends to be that the behaviours and the compulsions of the people in the family, it actually stops each person from getting their needs met. So there's ways that we are acting, uh, treating each other, Um, There's basically ways that we're trying to get our own needs met that stops us from getting our own needs met and stops everybody else from getting their needs met too. And this is what dysfunction basically means. And all mental health problems, all of them have their origins in dysfunctional families. Every single client I've ever worked with in, in my psychotherapy practice, you know, when you trace it back to childhood, there's always dysfunction in that family. And that dysfunction has created an impact on that person's mental health. Essentially, in order to survive in a dysfunctional family, we have to adapt, and those adaptations cause consequences. So I think when you talk to people, you know, most people will will say that they, you know, they believe or they feel that their family was dysfunctional in some way. But I think many people if not most people, are unaware of kind of the extent that that dysfunction has impacted upon them. Now, there's a really useful model of dysfunction in families um, that is really applicable to, to pretty much everybody that's ever come to see me for counselling. And it explains the various different roles that, that, that members of a family take and how those roles contribute towards a toxic culture within the family. And what's worse is that we we learn these roles in our childhood, and then we take these roles out into the real world, and it screws up those relationships too. So if we continue to do the things that we learn to do when we're kids, then it's likely that we are actually creating dysfunctional relationships as adults. So our romantic relationships can be dysfunctional. If we have children then we can, we can be making those uh, families dysfunctional as well. So our own, you know, our own personal family can become dysfunctional if we're not aware of what we're doing that is contributing to the dysfunction. So the model that I want to share with you today is called the drama triangle. And it was originally developed as part of a therapy called transactional analysis, which is all about looking at the kind of the dynamics and the interplays and the, the, the positions that people take in relation to each other. The drama triangle, it's called a triangle because it it identifies three main roles that can be taken within a dysfunctional family. So I want you to imagine, imagine drawing a a, a triangle that's upside down, like a pyramid that's upside down. So it's got the point at the bottom and it's got the flat edge at the top. Now, each point on that, that triangle represents a participant in this dysfunctional dynamic. So the first role I want to tell you about is the role of the victim. Now, the victim sits at the very bottom most point of the the triangle, at the bottom point. Now, victims feel disempowered and they feel helpless. They feel like everything happens to them, that they're not, you know, they're not responsible for what's happening. Um, They take absolutely no responsibility for helping themselves because they believe that nothing is really their fault. They are utterly blameless. And as a result of this, this kind of sense of, you know, nothing's my fault, there's nothing I can do about it, it's all just happening to me, it's outside of my control. It means that victims are crippled with uh, feelings of of self-pity, really drowning in self-pity. And they're at the bottom of the drama triangle because they take what we call the one-down position. So they disempower themselves and they, they make themselves less important than other people. Victims, effectively, they feel a kind of contempt for themselves. They have a lot of shame. They feel like they're not worth sticking up for. Um, they feel on some level like they deserve what happens to them. And they do this because they need to feel sorry for themselves. So victims are kind of addicted to feeling sorry for themselves. Now, if we move away from the bottom of the drama triangle to the top and we look to the top left corner, in this position, we have the persecutor. You know, the the persecutor is the person that makes the victim feel like the victim, right? You can't be a victim of nothing or nobody. So there needs to be somebody that you feel victimized by. And that's the role of the persecutor. Now, the persecutor is always right. You know, they only care about their own needs, their own feelings, and they have this strong need to always be in control. It's like my way or the highway. You know, they are often very abusive and very domineering, and they also have the emotion of contempt, but they, but they direct it towards other people. So whereas victims feel contempt for themselves, persecutors feel contempt for other people. And they kind of feel justified in bossing other people around and telling other people what to do. And they kind of feel superior to other people, right? So they take, you know, they literally take this position because they need to feel powerful and they need to feel superior. So you've got the persecutor who takes a one-up position and the persecutor treats everybody else like crap and all the victims get to feel like victims because they have a persecutor in their family or or in their life in some way. Now, there's one more role here that isn't accounted for. So we've got conflict here, right? We've got conflict between the, the persecutor who's ruling the family with an iron fist and the victim who's, like, not sticking up for themselves and just kind of letting that happen. The third role in this drama triangle is the role of the rescuer. So if you imagine in the top right corner, that's the rescuer role. Now, the rescuer is somebody who has nothing to do with what's going on but just totally gets themselves involved in other people's business. Their rescuers are, are total meddlers. You know, they see themselves as, as these kind of saint-like people, these kind of kind-hearted people that just, just desperately want to help. But you see, it's, it's at the top of the drama triangle because this is a grandiose position. Rescuers are basically looking at everybody else and seeing them as being utterly useless. You know, oh my God, look at you you little people struggling with your conflicts. I mean, you can't possibly solve this by yourself. You're going to need me to come along and fix all of this for you. You know, so rescuers kind of a bit like the persecutor, where they think they're always right and they think they're better than other people, but they're doing it, they're hiding behind this kind of thin veil of. Of, of being a nice person and just doing it from the, the goodness, you know, from, from the, the kindness of their heart. So rescuers act like the knight in shining armour. But the problem with the rescuing position is that they enable the victims because the victims don't want to learn how to take responsibility for themselves. They don't want to learn how to solve their own problems. And as long as there are rescuers in the world that are willing to solve the victims' problems for them, then nothing changes and also rescuers will encourage the persecutors because they need to to feel needed so there has to be drama for them to feel special and feel like they are valuable and feel like they are useful in the world in some way so the rescuers kind of they kind of encourage it And they stop anything from changing that would be beneficial for the other people in the drama triangle. Now, these dynamics, they create a lot of drama. Obviously, this is why it's called the drama triangle. You know, the persecutors continue to treat people like crap. The victims continue to let them get away with it. And the rescuers continue to interfere and stop anyone from growing or changing. Now, this is probably a good point to just, you know, just take a pause and just reflect You know, do you see yourself in any of these roles? Do you recognize yourself as being maybe a bit bossy and controlling and maybe having some, a bit more, a a bit more of a tendency towards getting angry and frustrated and impatient with other people? You know, that might be that you have a touch of the persecutor in you. You know, or do you find yourself constantly running around after other people and, and feeling like, you know, everything is your responsibility and you've got to fix everything? Then you could be a rescuer you know, or are you the kind of person who just feels utterly helpless and like nothing's ever going to get better and nothing's your fault. And you just feel kind of a little bit sorry for yourself, maybe a bit depressed, depressed. People tend to have the victim position in, in, in family dynamics, you know, so do you have a bit more, yeah, that's interesting way of looking at it actually. So victims tend to feel depressed. Um, persecutors tend to get angry And uh, rescuers tend to feel anxious because they feel responsible for everything and they feel like they have to do everything, you know, and maybe even you recognize yourself in all of these roles. It's not uncommon that we change our roles in the drama triangle. And that kind of, that kind of contributes to the dysfunction and contributes to the drama, right? It just creates even more chaos, you know, so sometimes you might be, um, the victim, And you turn to a rescuer to rescue you. And if the rescuer doesn't rescue you, then you get very angry with that person and now you go persecutor. You know, or you might be the persecutor that what that bosses everybody around tells them what to do. And then when people don't do as they're told, you feel like the victim. You feel like nobody cares about you, nobody wants to give you what you want. Or maybe you're the rescuer and you try to help somebody. And if they don't want to be helped, then that really annoys you. So you you get angry with them. So now you're being the persecutor, you know? And I can definitely, I recognize all of these roles within myself. You know, I'd say generally I've played the the rescuing role. And I think a lot of uh, therapists, they do take a kind of, maybe they've had the rescuing role within their family. And as a result of that rescuing role, they've developed certain skills in their life that actually kind of predisposes them to going into a career in, in therapy. Um, And then you, you know, the rescuing is very much about feeling like it's your responsibility to fix everything. You might feel like a fixer. You might say, you know, I'm a problem solver. You know, I'm the person that people bring all their problems to. But similarly, you know, I can also, you know, if I'm in a bad mood, I can definitely have a touch of the persecutor about me and get very short tempered and very angry. And I definitely uh, like to feel in control. So that's the kind of persecutor in me. And then at other times when I don't get what I want, you know, I definitely feel like a victim and I can wallow in self-pity and I can feel very sorry for myself and I can think, poor me, I'm just doing my best. You know, (laughs) I'm just like, I'm just such a nice person and I'm just trying my best and, and nothing ever goes my way and the universe is against me and nobody appreciates me. And I can definitely get into that mood sometimes. Um, so I think maybe you might be able to recognize a little bit of all three of these um, within you. And it can be difficult, you know, to escape these roles because they're so they're so hardwired into us, they're so deeply conditioned. And it requires a kind of a constant effort to monitor yourself and make sure that you don't slip back into these old roles. And the reason we want to make this effort is, you know, it's simple, really. There is just simply no happiness inside of the drama triangle. I mean, everybody loses inside of the drama triangle. So what can we do about this? I mean, you know, what is the solution? Well, if you're a victim, recognize that you simply you're not powerless I mean, there's a lot that you could do to help yourself and make your situation better. You can learn to set limits with toxic people. You can take action in some way to even just in in any small way, just to prove to yourself that there is something that you can do. There is something that, you know, that you can influence. You can learn some new skills or you can enter therapy to rebuild your confidence, um, develop some skills and learn how to, be different, you know, take more responsibility and be more in control of your own life. If you're a a persecutor, well, basically, you need to develop some humility and you need to come down off your high horse and you need to stop making yourself feel bigger by making other people feel smaller. You know, blowing out somebody else's candle will not make your candle shine brighter. And it might be that you need to enter therapy to work on the underlying shame, that causes you to act superior. And rescuers, well, I don't really know how to say this in a way that sounds nice, but you got to learn how to mind your own business. I mean, stop meddling in other people's problems. Stop keeping people down. You know, stop being kind of being attracted towards people who play the victim because it gives you an opportunity to feel better about yourself, right? You know, you've got to focus on on yourself and get your own life in order before you start lecturing other people how to live theirs. You know, and and stop treating people like they're incompetent morons, right? You know, stop getting your self-esteem from being needed by needy people. And if you need to, you know, enter therapy to work on your codependency, and your shame and to find out like why is it that you're working so hard to avoid yourself like what are you running away from what's going on inside of you that is so frightening that you have to constantly distract yourself with other people's dramas you know and maybe maybe also it would help to learn to see the true value in yourself and the true value in other people the value you know genuinely and authentically value yourself. Not because you're useful, not because, you know, you're helpful, not because you can fix things. um, But value yourself for being a valuable human being and see that other people are valuable too. You know, so much of this drama triangle is that we we don't feel good about ourselves, so we treat other people badly. Um, In order to try to make ourselves feel better about ourselves you know, and, and, and so much of the, the, how to escape the drama triangle is really to learn to develop more respect for ourselves and more respect for other people. So if you're a victim, you've got to start to value yourself more. You've got to come up from the one, the one down position. And if you are a persecutor or a rescuer, you've got to respect other people more. You either, either see that you're not always right and that you know, just because somebody else thinks something different to you doesn't mean that they're wrong and you're right. It's just different, right? So, so you can value other people's opinions more and you can let other people be a bit more involved in the decision making. And if you're a rescuer, you know, see that other people have got the potential to help themselves and they don't need you so much, you know, and you can build them up, so rescuers, you can, you can help to lift victims out of their one down position. And in doing so, you come down out of your one up position and you move more into a supportive role rather than a rescuing role. Rescuing is basically, you know, I'm going to do it for you because you're too stupid to do it for yourself. That's rescuing, you know, supporting is I'm going to I'm going to help you to figure out how to solve this problem for yourself so that you have the skills so that ultimately you don't need me anymore. That's the position I try to take as a therapist when people come to see me is, you know, ultimately I want people, I want to share my skills and my knowledge and my experience with other people so that they don't need me anymore, so that they become their own therapist. Now, this is all quite complicated and it can be difficult to um, hold all of this information in your head, and it's much easier when you see it drawn out on a piece of paper. So I've created a download that's going to explain the drama triangle in a lot more detail, and it'll help you to identify, you know, what roles do you take and give you tips for how you can break free of those roles once and for all. Now, it can be really difficult to break free of, of these kind of deeply ingrained compulsions if you're trying to do it completely by yourself and on your own. But the good news is that you don't have to, because we've created a secret Facebook community where other people who are listening to this podcast, I think we've got more than 400 people, active members in that group right now. And what they're doing is they're, they're helping each other to figure out how they can apply these happiness hacks in their own life. And then they're supporting each other whilst they go through the you know, the, the inevitable kind of challenges and frustrations of, of trying to do things differently. So if you want to, you know, if you want to get some support from a group of like-minded people to help you to change some old habits and, and develop more happiness, then go to www.happinesshacks.net where you can download the Drama Triangle worksheet and you can get access to that secret group. So was there a dysfunctional dynamic in your family when you were growing up? I mean, did one person rule the house with an iron fist whilst other people just kind of stood passively by and did nothing to stop them? Did you or one of your siblings take the rescuing role to try to hold the family together? And and which of these roles are you still performing today? And how is that stopping you from being happy in your life? Download the worksheet join our community. Start letting go of the unhealthy roles you're playing in your relationships and see how that makes you feel. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Happiness Hacks. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I'll see you next time.